when I first started working in radio, I all the headphones were like massive. Right? Oh like yeah, they were always this, and we always had to share them. And I remember, oh. I remember distinctly getting like some somebody left like a pamphlet or a brochure on the council, like on the on the board mm-hmm. in the main control room, and it was all about disinfecting your headset. And I remember we all just kind of like, that's the most ridiculous thing. You're like, how are you going to disinfect that headset? You know? Right. But we legit just all shared headsets. Oh my goodness. You didn't find any wax in any of them. No, we never, I never, I'll be honest. I never even looked. And the one thing <laughs> that I never did either. The one thing that it housekeepers podcast, we're live by the way. The one oh, thing, hey, everybody. Hey, I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing that, if I was scared about anything, it was the 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 rumors of ants or some kind of a bug getting into the headset, oh. and then you putting it on, and so they could go oh. in your ear. It never happened to me, but that if that was one little creepy thing, you know, you're like, eh. If you were down in the basement, which is where you cut up bits, you know, it's where you did like all the editing room is in the basement. You probably did have to do like a, you know, a quick little look at your headset. Otherwise, right. we're upstairs in the main control room, main studio. You never right. pay. I just, you legit just like on. one sweaty head to another. Like, oh, here, oh. you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they look podcast. cool. They but they look cool. Re- they look really cool. Housekeepers podcast, dare I say, the cleanest hour in podcasting. Let me welcome my brand new friend. My hey. brand new friend. It is so, I just love my life. I got to tell you, I just, I'm living the best life. I, we just met randomly at a party in Las Vegas. At Vegas, the MGM baby. Graham and, in, in a, in a, I don't even remember how big of a suite it was. It was an oh, amazing. Yeah. It was a penthouse amazing penthouse suite and you had to use the password code to get into oh, this yeah. place what was it um, to find the janitor's closet or I'm yeah yeah jan- where's the janitor's closet where's the ja- like that was the password just to get to the back elevator this private it was elevator. so cool <laughs> <laughs> it was like we're using such a like where's the janitor's closet like we're janitors but we kind of are but we were kind of like <laughs> pimping out in las vegas it was cool it was it such was, a good idea it was so fun and yeah and i met so many incredible people to include yourself so thank you so much for coming on the show mila i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try Uh it oh Uh, boy that's why i didn't even put it there i'm just gonna center i'm gonna try just pull all my syllables together (laughs) and (laughs) is it is it it, i'm gonna try your last name because it's almost an alphabet like every letter no it's almost every letter that's why i never introduced it it's a Bahamski, Bahamski, Bahamski. It was, it was close. Bahamolski. Oh, that's the Bahamolski. <laughs> there you go. Blame it on my husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on truly. Oh. And uh, you are okay. the owner of the host key. Her. I love the way you spell it because it's it's not housekeeper. It's host yes. key. key with K-E-Y. 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 So fantastic. You clean Airbnbs, which is what you specialize in, right? Right. Which we only clean Airbnbs. An amazing segmentation. Like when you think about how niched you can get and what you right. can concentrate on. You know, 10 years ago, Airbnb wasn't even a thing. Those are called hotels. Right. And, and, and to be able to specialize in, in Airbnbs now is it shows the, 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 you know, the growth of that industry itself. Right. Because otherwise you wouldn't have enough work, but also, but it also shows just how large and how constantly evolving the cleaning industry is, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People tell me, Oh, you clean Airbnbs. Do you, do you survive off of that? (laughs) I'm like, yeah. Because it, le- that's a legitimate question, though, I think, because uh, really? I, I feel the same way in the sense that, really? like, how many Airbnbs are there? You know, I mean, I've stayed There's in a, a couple. Time. I mean, I, obviously there is, but that I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, when, when you hear about that, it's like somebody saying they make a living cleaning cabs. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. You could, I guess, you know. I have Absolutely. a friend. 
I have a friend who is a GM at an auto dealership and like there's an entire cleaning department in every dealership and all they do is clean cars. They just detail nice. cars. They call them clear car detailing, but it's legit just, you know, and they're doing 15, 20 cars a day. Like it's yeah. the crazy amount of detailed cars they do. Absolutely. And I bet they're making a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good There's industry. You just gave me an idea. I know there are companies, <laughs> there are companies out there that I was working in a place in Vermont and there was a company that came to you to do your car, but oh. they, it, they didn't do like individual cars as far as like come to your home and do your car, but they would go to your workplace and so as part of like a, a Christmas bonus or a holiday bonus or something, the organization would hire this company to come in and they'd come in and detail wow. every employee's car in the parking lot. Wow. Yeah. They'd bring That's their a own man water. Thing, though. It's so great. Forget it's a man thing. It's, <laughs> it's just, a man it's thing. The cleaning industry. It's I so... don't want somebody to come clean my car. I have my husband for that. I need, <laughs> I want a different kind of present. It's a good present. It's a good present. I gotta tell you, one of my favorite, you know, every year there's the house international housekeeping week or whatever. Yeah. One of my favorite gifts I've ever heard of, and I've only heard about, about it for a manager. I work in healthcare. And so I've heard it where business owners, nursing homeowners would get this for their housekeeping manager. They'd hire a cleaner to clean their house. Oh, that that's a good that's idea. That's a gift. That's a great gift. That's a fantastic idea. That's a great gift. Yeah. I would take it. Yeah. Super great. Forget the right. car, come to the house. <laughs> I like the, I like the, I like the car detailing. I like going oh, into work, no. coming out my car's clean. The you know, it's washed, it's waxed, it's shiny, it's that's nice. It's a yeah. nice gift. <laughs> it's a nice gift. <laughs> the cars to get me to point A and point B, and that's it. I don't need to look cute in it. I just need to go. No, I, I hear it. so you are you're in Houston. Is that accurate? You're in Texas. Correct. Yes. My wife and I are totally going to have to try to meet up with your husband please, and yourself. Please. My wife and I are coming to run a marathon in January. Y'all are crazy. Well, I'm not asking <laughs> you to run it with us, but it would be fun to meet up for a coffee or maybe some food. Yeah, for sure, though. I'm sure I'm sure I even know where it is. They have that marathon. Uh, yes, when did you uh, say February? No, January. The end of January. January. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. Uh, the Houston Marathon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we're just about going there. Is that where you're from? Uh, it's hard to say where I'm from because like my dad was in the military. Oh, so I don't like have a, I don't have any roots. <laughs> well, talk me through it. Where were you born? I was born in Fort Stewart, Georgia, but I, I couldn't have been there more than maybe nine, nine months. Oh wow. Yeah. Because, okay. uh, uh, or 18 months, my brother, 18 months later, my brother was born in Germany. Oh, so wow. okay. Yeah, so yeah. like I don't know Georgia at all. Uh, my brother was born in Germany, um, and then we moved to New York, and then we moved to um, Oklahoma, and that's where I spent most of my childhood. Oh, Oklahoma. Yeah, in Lawton, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Really? And where is that? North, south, east, west, somewhere. It's in the south. south. About forty-five minutes from like Wichita Falls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. From, yeah, from Texas border, about forty-five minutes. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's an army base. Hmm. And so how old were you when you moved there? Oh, I probably was about maybe five. And how, so you stayed there your, your entire, the rest of your childhood? Yeah, I was there. And then we moved to Norman, Oklahoma, because my mom wanted to, my parents are from Honduras. So they kind of had a, they didn't have a head start. So my mom wanted to move to Norman, Oklahoma, where um, OU is. And, um, and so we moved there for a little bit and then we moved back yeah it's so what was she moved like? there to go to school yeah to finish yeah. to finish college to start college basically that's where she went yeah that, yeah and she took us and my dad was living on post and then he would come and visit us every weekend and then until she was done with school wow yeah that is some tenacity yeah i think what i think that's why what, i just what did she start around uh, she studied languages. My mom is still a Spanish. My parents speak Spanish. So my mom teaches Spanish, uh, to middle schoolers. She my still wife, does. She was my Spanish a teacher. teacher. Oh yeah. A middle school Spanish teacher. No way. Your so, wife is a middle school Spanish teacher? My wife teacher? is a middle school Spanish teacher. What a small world. That's a crazy. World. Yeah. <laughs> that 
That's crazy. Isn't that so That's fun? weird. Yeah. 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 So fun. It's crazy. Yeah. We met for so a reason. Good for her. Yeah. Good yeah. for her. That's super great. So what was it like going like how, how what was it like being a kid when your dad lives was in the military and your mom's going to school? Yeah. It's Are just... you the oldest? I'm the oldest. And you're the oldest. So you're yeah, having to uh, do all the I'm chores, do all the, you're like the <laughs> Exactly. I'm the lucky one. <laughs> I used to have to wake up in the morning, make everybody's sandwiches for lunch. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, walk the youngest one to the, the bus stop. Like, you know, I was the, you know, the, the third parent in that family. You kind of yeah. need extra hands. How many are you? How many, how many siblings Four. do you have? Four. There's yeah, four so of us. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good sized family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why didn't y'all just stop with me? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't good enough. <laughs> they didn't realize what they had. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, it's now I know that it, it, it made me who I am. I, I can move at the drop of a hat. Like I can just go, you know, because I used to have to move at the drop of a hat when my dad retired um, they didn't really know where they wanted to land. So I went to five different high schools. It, it, it was nothing new because if we didn't move, um, everybody else around me moved. Because oh, we only sure. was ra- we were raised with military kids. Mm-hmm. And all the military kids, we went to school together. We only had, we didn't go to school with civilian kids. So it was like mm-hmm. something else when we went to like civilian school. And then all these kids are acting up and stuff. <laughs> but you know, there we're just used to somebody's always leaving or, you know, or you're leaving. So you get tough real quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so great. You almost, it, I wonder, and, and I didn't have the same experience, so I don't know, but I just, it sounds like it wouldn't, it, it sounds like you really just kind of capture the moment of having a friend for a little bit and understanding right. that it's only right. for a little bit. Yeah. That's the problem. Now I have the same kind of, habit so you know i don't hold on to people so it's yeah. like ah, they're like what's going on with you and i'm like it's you know you life flows call. life moves you never call i didn't know you were still here <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one <laughs> two days went by i thought you'd left i don't right know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to you know put some roots in my life at some point but yeah. i mean it's just not my style yeah, it's so funny. So what did you do? Like, did you, were you a little entrepreneur? Did you work at all as a kid? Did you play sports? No, I mean, I played soccer. I love soccer. I played, um, but I wanted to be a fashion designer. Oh. I like, well, listen, when you grow up in a small town in Oklahoma, like you don't really think too big. Um, you know, you don't really see other people moving and hustling. So, um, but I wanted to be a fashion designer because I used to wake up in the morning, I think it was at six o'clock in the morning to watch CNN, Elsa Clench, the fashion shows. Um, (laughs) I was a weird child. So like in the summers when there was nothing to do, like my mom, my mom knows how to sew. And she taught me when I was like, I don't know, like six, she bought me a little kid sewing machine and taught me how like to make a bag, like the fundamentals. So. Yeah. So I, I, I thought I was going to be a fashion designer and I used to cut patterns and make my own clothes. So I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. That is really, <laughs> really fun. Did, so yeah. home ec, you really took home ec seriously. Like I, yeah, it was home, home ec. <laughs> I didn't pay attention enough in home ec. Oh man. I wish I had a home ec class. We don't, we didn't have any of that in Oklahoma until oh, really? we moved. No, we didn't have any of that. Actually, when I moved to Texas, I was already in my junior year and I was way behind with all the credits and stuff. I had to take summer school to catch up because I guess Oklahoma maybe is relaxed. I don't know, but we didn't have home ec. We just had basic classes. Did you have home ec in Texas though? That we did, but I couldn't take it because I had to keep up with my credits. I had to like take whatever they needed me to take. Um, I had that happen. Yeah. I know that happened to a friend, a friend of mine's, child to move from one they moved, they lived in the same state but they wow. moved from one school district to another which wasn't that far apart but the, the school district that she moved to uh like you're saying like had higher expectations of right. the type of the level of class like she went from being an a student in one right. class or one school to like a c student in the other Ooh. 
And you're like, what? And it was just because of the curriculum, the level that they were at was so different. Wow. We're only talking a couple of miles. I mean, we're not talking different states. We're not talking about different ends of the world. Just a few miles. And there was this big dichotomy between where they were. Same thing with Texas and Oklahoma, you're saying. Yeah. Yep. It was complete. I had to take health and some other classes. I don't even remember because, you know, I wasn't a big school person anyway. Like, let's get through this. Go to summer school and get it over with. Yeah. Wow. I I did not I did not go to summer school, but I did clean the high school. Oh, cool. When you were in high school? Yes. Yes. I was uh this this moniker of me being the housekeeper I earned when I was in ninth grade. And by And back then it wasn't the compliment. I've taken on that it's a good thing. It's never been. It was always. <laughs> right. How did you get that job? It was a summer program. The town oh. that I lived in, uh, I was in eighth grade. The summer between eighth and ninth grade, they gave all kinds of opportunities. You could do road work, construction, stock wow. shelves. Like, Where do you go to the school? City in Barrie, Vermont. Vermont. In Vermont, yeah. And so wow. the 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 town had all these they even had businesses sign up so you could do work at, at that's like amazing at the dealership or the store stocking shelves or you could work for the city the municipality wow and um i, I i've told the story before i mean i have no idea why when i was looking at the list of things and it saw a janitor that i was like yeah i want to be a janitor my mother was like <laughs> my mom tried to talk me out of it she's like i don't know if that's you know there's what about this job and this job I was like, well, janitor sounds fine in my head, I was like, and I justified it like this to her. I said, if I, I've never been to the high school and I'm in eighth grade, I just graduated eighth grade. So I'm going in the ninth grade in the high school and I've never been there before. If I work there over the summer, at the very least, I'll know the layout. I'll know where the gym oh is gosh. and the cafeteria and the lockers. And she's like, that's true. Go ahead. You know. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So uh, it, it just turned into this whole thing because then who did I know when I went to school, like all the janitors. And uh, that was very easy (laughs) for the kids to pick up on and pick on me, but true. But so every summer I'm working at the high school because, you know, I still, still did it. Um, And there was a bunch of people every year there was summer school. And I didn't even know what that was until I saw all these kids and they're all, you know, in class. I'm like, what are they doing? It's summer school. I'm like, what the heck is summer school? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know until I came to Texas. Regular (laughs) school in the summer. Yeah, compacted. It's like Mm -hmm. really fast too. Yeah, yeah. So you you did you did you play soccer in Texas as well, or just in Oklahoma? No, no. When I moved to Texas, I was tired. I I was like an eighty year old woman (laughs) when I was only (laughs) sixteen years old. I was eighty when I was (laughs) sixteen. I know because. I used to run track too, uh, but then uh, when I got to Texas, the the track teacher was like, "Hey, you got to come run track for us." Well, and I'm just like, just another thing to do. Texas doesn't love me. You want to put me in summer school? You want me to take all these other credits? And I can't even choose the classes I want to take because I have to take these classes. Now you want me to run? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm done with all of you. <laughs> I don't even want to be here right now. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't. I, I rejected it. I just, you know, I just needed some stability. I was finding it in, in my own piece. Yeah, yeah, that's so fun. So fashion designing was the big dream. Yeah, it was my dream. Yeah. Did you go to college? Yes, I did. I actually, um, it's funny because I didn't even <laughs> really try uh, to apply to colleges. You know, that's like an American thing. My parents were not, didn't grow up here. So my, but my parents really wanted me to go to college. And so I had to figure it out by myself. And I was like, you know what? I will not move again. I'm applying to the University of Houston. And if I don't get it, I'm not going to school. I probably would have got kicked out the house, but whatever. I was like, that's it. I'm applying and that's it. And I got in. So that's where I went. Wow. What did you study? Business. Business yeah. administration. Yeah. With a focus in Spanish and um, management. And how was that school? How was that school? Did it prepare you, you think? Well, you know, it gave me at least fundamentals to know what's what is what. Because, you know, when I talk to people who are just starting in business and don't know anything about business, I know about, you know, at least basic accounting, um, you know, basic things of what are the parts of business. 
But, you know, I'm not the best student. So I also was just trying to get through it. <laughs> I, you know what? I really appreciate how you just owned it. You were about to say, I don't know that I really got that much out of school. And then That's you said, right. instead of the school being the problem, maybe I didn't pay attention enough. I think so. It could be me. Yeah. yeah. I like that me. a lot. That was, I saw that little twist. I saw it. I yes. caught it. That was really good. It, you, exactly. Yeah. The, the only thing I would say is that I too have a degree in business and I went to a, a business school, Champlain college, which is a small business school in Vermont. And I loved it. It was a really great school, but really I'll tell you what it, what it did not do. It did not set me up to be a business owner. Right. Cause the, the two, the two things that are fundamental to businesses, they did not teach. And one is right. getting a customer and the other is keeping the customer. Absolutely. That those two, those should be two separate classes. Class, <laughs> getting a customer 101 and then keeping a customer, class 102. Right. I would have taken both those classes. Didn't learn a thing about it. Didn't learn a thing about it. Barely knew anything about, you know, marketing and management because times have changed. I mean, when I was, I, we had computers, you know, so we had internet. It was just starting kind of, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's still behind in the, it was, it was still behind in the times. I don't know what they're doing now. Apparently my school is um, like top in business school now. Oh, hey now. Yeah. Hey it's now. a top. I mean, that was, that's because of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course your <laughs> reputation is preceding you. After I graduated, you know, it became like, you know, a really great school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, one thing that that Champlain College really did well, uh, two things. One is they had a, a a course where it was called BYOB, and it was bring oh. your own business. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you could come down and you could build your own. Like, how do you build your own business? And like, where do you get your customers from? And where's the revenue? You know, like that kind of stuff. So that was, that was a pretty good one, but it was it was a lot of real hands-off. So there was a lot of kind of figuring out on your own, which is kind right. of good, I guess. And the other class that I took that was really, really helpful was financial forecasting. Oh, that and sounds like a good idea. That was where you go. In, in, in my first business, you're never going to believe this. It was a cleaning company. And, you know, the ones <laughs> that you have to create. And oh my God. when I was... Uh, looking at my projections for the year, what really, what I was really focusing on was the cost of supplies. Like that's how much I didn't realize. Right. So wow. I was like the cost of supplies, if they keep going up, you know, one and a half to 3% a year, year over year. I mean, in five years time, the price of this is going to be that. And then, so my teacher kind of grades it and whatever, and then sends me off and I got to come back. And he goes, you know, like we're presenting and he goes, you know, last time you were here, you were talking about the price of, of supplies. And I go, yeah, forget places, supplies. What I've realized is the price of labor is going to kill me. And he's like, talk to me. You know, so I was able to talk about labor and wages <laughs> and taxes and insurance and workers comp and all, you know what I mean? Like I'd finally figured, I was like, wait, forget the supply side. Right. <laughs> it's bigger than that. It's nothing compared to the labor. Holy moly. Absolutely. I know. I, I had one class. It was the only class that I paid attention to. I think it was a marketing class. Mm. But the teacher was like, come up with a million dollar idea. Oh. And I think I came up with a billion dollar idea. Actually, and then they started working on it. I came up with male birth control. <laughs> and, and I even drew out... Like it was a group thing. I, and I even drew out how it's supposed to work. The guy behind the camera was laughing because it had to be recorded, oh you know, because I did the anatomy and I'm like, they take the pill and then <laughs> this is what happens. And, you know, and, and I mean, I was like, this is, and then actually they're working on it now. I don't know why it's still not out, but yeah, boy, we, we were on two different paths. You and I, <laughs> I, I... Uh, I also used to want to be an engineer, but you know, I'm not really good at math and science at all, but figuring out things is, is my thing. I love it. Business well, it is like, the best thing I can do about it. I, I was just going to say, I think, I think uh, if what you're really good at is figuring out things, then you're good at engineering. I mean, that's what engineers do. <laughs> yeah. They, they figure things out, solve problems, make it easier, make it doable. Absolutely. Right. So I'm a business engineer. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Keep in mind, Steve Jobs pulled out a phone and he said, wouldn't it be great if, and wouldn't it be great right. if this and that, and then engineers did it. You know, he didn't do uh -huh. it. He was like, exactly. wouldn't it be super great if I could talk on my watch? And engineers like, good Lord. Hey, All right, now, now you we're can. working on the watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can. Know? 
was all engineers who were doing it. The big dreamer uh, yeah. was Steve Jobs, which is important. I'm not saying yes. it's not important. Yes. So what did you do getting out of college? Oh, when I got out of college, um, you know, I, I <laughs> my life is kind of funny. I decided while I was in college, I wanted to be in the FBI. <laughs> All right. Why not? You know, your dad's in the military. It's funny now, but at the time, I was such a serious young person. What was, so your, what was be... your What was your dad's MOS? Do you know? Uh, military know what occupant. What was his job? What was his job? Oh, he was artillery. Artillery. So he was yes. an officer, or no? Uh, he wasn't an officer, but he moved high up in the ranks. He was a sharpshooter. Oh wow. He's yeah, okay. and he he's what is that classification? Um. I forgot. I'm not good yeah. at it. If he was army, here, he'd tell you. Right? Army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the army. Okay. He was in the army. Okay, okay. So anyway, you see, you kind of grew up with a bunch of very right. law enforcement aware right. kids anyway. Absolutely. So it's not that Actually, that's stretch. very true. It's not that I went to stretch. my 20-year reunion and just – and I didn't even – I only went to that school for one year, but they invited me, so I went in Oklahoma. And, um, every, almost everybody went into law, like either they're cops or they were, went to the military, everybody. I was like, wow. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Infectious. Military is infectious. Yes. It's, I mean, it was a nice little life. You know, you don't really have to worry. You get housed, you get, uh, insurance. Um, I mean, it, the it's small just, worry is when war breaks out and people are trying to kill you. I mean, there's a oh little my God. worry. There's yeah. a tiny. <laughs> Absolutely. Was, I mean, even like, as a kid, even yeah, as a kid, it was extremely stressful. My dad had to leave twice for a year at a time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. he even wrote me letters. I was literally five. Take care of your kid. Take care of the family. Take care of your brothers and sisters. And I'm just like, you know, at the time it's, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. But like you could, my mom kept them. If you read them as an adult, it's like. I was five years old. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to write me a letter yeah. to take care of the family? But it was yeah. very stressful when your dad leaves and you see those videos about kids just crying when they see their parents. Like it was like that. It's so emotional. Mm. And when they leave, it's you worry that they're not going to come back. There's not FaceTime, you know, there's barely phone calls. It was, ex it's an extremely scary time. So yeah, stressful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was in the, I was in the Marine Corps. And I remember going to work on a Monday and finding out when you get there that we're going to the, going to the field. And they'd That's be like, crazy. hey, we're going to go do an exercise in the field. And you wouldn't have time to call home. So you didn't tell anybody, you know, like you call your wife, your girlfriend, like, oh, you know, probably back later. Three weeks later. You're finally coming. Like, it, that's how it happened. Like, you'd be gone for oh, three weeks. Oh, no. A month. And, and the worst part is you'd only be a couple of miles away from civilization, oh but it may as well be a million because there was no cell phones. There was no such thing. You know, <laughs> you're just out in the woods, you know, shooting things and, and running around yeah. pretending uh, to be chased. So That's I right. totally appreciate it. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're yeah, about. it was crazy. But going yeah. back, I mean, um, I, I ended up getting a job uh, as an auditor for waste management the garbage company. Wow. Yeah. It was, it, I didn't get it because I was smart or <laughs> anything. I got it. Actually, I went to a career fair and, um, the vice president of audit, uh, she, she saw my resume and she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. We're looking for people who are accountants in finance, like not business. Oh my God. Okay. And I don't know why she brought it up, but she started talking about FBI and I'm like, Oh my God, I, I, I took the first test. Um, to get in, you know, they allowed me to take the first test because only because I, I speak Spanish fluently. They need people who know languages because my degree wasn't good enough either. And so I took the first test. I know I bombed it because the math part is just like it just doesn't it doesn't register. Just forget about it. And um, she's like, wow, like if you really want to uh, you if you want to be in the FBI, like we I'll let's let's talk. Let's talk about it. Um, and so we talked, we met back at the school, had a coffee and she's like, you know what? I think this position will help you, um, get there. And she gave me, basically gave me the position because when we went to do the interview, we were in the room, just like shooting the shit. It was so nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we were talking about the position. Yeah. It was great. Wow. Yeah. So that's how they gave me, they, that's how they gave me the position. And, and that's so how what I, does a, what does a, 
auditor do in this situation? What are you auditing? We're internal audit. So at the time, um, what was that? Dang, I wish I got my facts in check. You know, when there was um, uh, Enron. 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 Do you remember sure, Enron? Sure. Where they're like stealing money from the company. So basically we internal audit. We go to different business units. So basically different um, landfills and the business units where they have the trucks. And we do audits. We do audits on the truck. Make sure that um, whenever they get weighed, we have to look at the data to see that they weren't overweight because it's overweight. Then it's dangerous on the streets. Mm -hmm. um, we looked at their financials. Make sure everything looks good. I love fraud. I mean, I don't. I, I love to find fraud. So I, that was my main focus. It's like, oh, this person has a company credit card and they get petty cash. Like, what's going on there? Oh. What do they spend their money on? Like, let's see what they spend their money on. You know, where are the receipts? Are, exactly. Exactly. We're missing so. a receipt here. <laughs> Basically, they they we annoy the crap out of them just like that. We, we don't have receipts. <laughs> we annoy the crap out of them. They hated to see us when we walked through the door. They're like, oh, the auditors are here going to ask us a bunch of questions and go through our money. I worked for a company that if you spent any money, and I had a company credit card, any money on that credit card, you had to have a receipt. And yeah. then I left that company and went to work for another company. And they were like, anything under $200, you don't have to have a receipt for. Wow. And I was like... <laughs> what i know right <laughs> like it, it was just ripe for nefarious uh spending exactly truthfully. yeah you guys needed auditors internal yeah. auditors yeah <laughs> anyway so so how long did you do that for three years oh, and then wow. they fired me oh evey what happened i know that's a great question that's a great question i have no idea how but you times, know how many times have you been fired Oh, just that one time. Oh, that's because it? I let me tell you something. I learned my lesson once. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson once. You know, maybe I wasn't all in it. You know, yeah. it, I don't love corporate America and uh, the club type thing that they try to play. And like, oh, why don't you invite everybody to lunch? Why do you only go to lunch? Like, what? Who cares? I, you don't even pay me for lunch. <laughs> what do you? What do you care who I'm going out with or not? You know and. All that stuff, it just really started getting on my nerves. And I used to, I, I started clapping back, you know, like um, when I got my reviews, my manager used to write stuff about me that had nothing to do with my job. You know, it was like, oh, she doesn't have dinner with us, at, you know, or because we, we would travel every, every Monday, every Friday, we come back every Friday. So we'd always be together. And I hated it like these are not the most interesting people in the world sorry y'all you know and um it was it had nothing to do with my work and so I was like I'm not signing this they had nothing to do with her. you need to go and change it <laughs> so I gave her a hard time and that's kind of like that's when uh, I started going down from there but you know at, at the same time it was interesting because I wasn't really in it and at this on my spare time I would work on my business plan because after that, like after I got fired, like three months later, I opened my my bridal store. I was selling I was selling uh, consignment wedding store? dresses. Really? <laughs> yeah, I opened up, like my old my ex coworkers were like, "What just happened here? Like how how did you open a bridal store like two three months later?" And I was like, "I've been working on it, and I was uh, afraid to do it. But once you fire me, that's kind of like you're not a part of the club anymore. You don't belong here." And I'm like, "You know what? I don't belong here. Let me go." do my own thing because you know uh your my parents you know you're supposed to go to college get a good job and you know and that's how it's supposed to be and that's supposed to be the safe way but i thought it was not the safe route at all it's not safe at all they can fire you at the drop of a hat with no no reason and in texas you can fire anybody for for you don't have to give a reason yeah no good fault uh no fault termination that's yeah. right. So, so talk to me about this bridal. So what is it like? A, is it a, a consignment or a yes. rental? You know, when I come up with that, an idea, I want to do something that nobody's doing, but it's, that's not always a good thing. But um, so uh, I read somewhere that in Asia, they rent their wedding dresses and they rent uh, their bridal dresses, you know, bridesmaid dresses. I was like, you know what, maybe let's try that. And um it was cool because I, I found a space in a in an awesome little boutique part of town, and uh, the the lady didn't charge me that much for rent. I think it was like eight hundred dollars, something like that. 
And uh, it was just like, it was converted apartments into a boutique. And so I found it. I'm like, okay, this is it. I saved some money. I don't like to spend money. So I saved money working at uh, waste management. And um, I would call bridal stores around the area and say, hey, oh, oh, okay, that's one way. And say, hey, I know you probably have a bunch of samples in the back, you know, old style styles that are two, three, four years old that they just keep in the back and nobody gets to see because they only bring out the new season. And I was like, just bring it to my store and or I'll go pick it up and I'll sell it for you. And then we'll do a split. I think it was like 70, 30 or 60, 40. I can't even remember at the time. I still have like old contracts. Um, and if I didn't sell it within like three months, I'd give it back and mm -hmm. we'll, or we'll renew the contract. And how many, and how many people were like, get out of here. That's a crazy idea. As opposed no, to nobody, like nobody, everybody. I was on the, the local news put me on TV like three times because I'm the only one like doing rentals and, you know, selling. I only sold, um, upscale bridal dresses. So we have like Monique Lulier that costs $5,000 and I'm selling it for 2000 or 2500 And so that's where girls can come and, and find their dress. But it, it wasn't that successful at all. Let me ask you a question. Texas girls. Oh, go ahead, Let me go ahead. ask you a question. When did you get married? How long ago? Okay. How dare you? Get your this husband on. This is my second <laughs> marriage. <laughs> so I'm like trying to think, is it the first one or the second one? And which one was it? <laughs> this is what, let me ask a different question. I was, what I really wanted to know is, do you still have your wedding dress? Me and my husband, we, we didn't do all of that. Uh, we went to the courthouse and I was in my gym clothes because we were working. We were cleaning. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think my wife still has her wedding dress. And so I was just curious, is it a thing where people keep them. And if there it is, then maybe yeah. renting is not as attractive to people who want to keep the dress. I don't, and I, and again, pardon my ignorance. I've not purchased or <laughs> saved a wedding dress. A wedding dress is not something that I would keep. I don't keep anything. Yeah. I, I don't like to have. So why, uh, why wasn't it successful then? What, what happened? Because I, after I did my research, like after I already opened the store and everything, when you do the research, Texas, Texas young ladies who are getting married would rather spend an average of $1,200 on their own dress, whether it's designer or it's not designer, as it's their own. Because it's, you know, we're in the South. It's, it's a whole different kind of thing than what they do in Asia or what they do up North, what they do in New York. In New York, uh, I've heard that they were renting. And even that in that time, I was watching Shark Tank and this girl came on there doing the same thing. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do. But it doesn't it didn't work here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So but it was easy there, to get dresses. Yeah. So maybe down there people did want to keep their dress. Right. They did want to. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Yes. Like, Because I, I know here it's common to rent ball gowns for for what is it when you're in high school what are those things called is it a cotillion what whatever the you know the oh dance, no are you talking uh, about the prom prom thank you so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, I shouldn't have thought forgotten that word but it's it's common to rent prom dresses really here yeah everybody rents prom dresses around here no not here yeah they buy them there yeah they buy uh, them they want to uh, wear you know something their own and flashy yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it just course. didn't work here yeah mm. so i did that for two years oh wow so it worked i a learned a bit. lot yeah well it worked a little bit yeah mm. yeah That's i learned really a lot i learned a whole lot about business when i when i when i did that yeah. and you know then you get some some muscles for you know trying to start another business but after that actually i was going through a divorce and seeing happy brides come through the door was annoying <laughs> at, at a certain point <laughs> He's like, I'm getting married. And I'm like, oh my God, are you sure you want to do this? Like, I'm not sure. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're talking to your customers right out of being customers. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I got to shut this down. I shut it down. I just shut everything down. And I packed my stuff and I moved to South Korea. And I stayed there for a year and a half. <laughs> what? What did you yeah. do in South Korea? You know... So I had a friend and she, she knew what I was going through. And she said, you're going through a lot. And she just had a baby and her husband's a, and she, oh, well, her husband, you know, Houston is oil and gas. So the oil and gas guys go all around the world. So she was there 
for, um, they were building rigs. So he was an engineer in building rigs um, in, in South Korea in an island called uh, Goje, Goje, South Korea. And she's like, come visit me. You know, I just had a baby. I'm always alone because he's working from like seven to seven. And so I, I went and I, and I hung out with her. And on the fourth day, um, this lady, this Korean lady who used to live in Houston, um, she had a bar. She just turned her restaurant into a bar. And I thought it was like a lady having her own bar. It was like badass. And she was like, come work for me. You speak good English. And all the Western guys come to the bar. And, and I was like, four days later. And I'm like, sure. So it's perfect. Like from 5 PM until 2 PM, I'm working with her every day, drinking. Cause you know, it's not like America. She's like, if the guys buy you a drink, you can drink it. Go ahead and drink it. She's like, they're spending money. Okay. It was a good old time. <laughs> it was like cheers in there. <laughs> it was a good old time. But wow. then after a while, I actually um, became a teacher. Yeah, I know. Then teaching, after, yeah, after, teaching after maybe teaching, uh, teaching English. English, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah teaching. Yeah. Hey, as long as you have a degree and uh, an, an American passport, um, they only took seven countries, um, Ireland, South Africa, and England. But anyway, uh, you just need a degree, a passport, and a clear background check. So I had to come back to U.S., get the FBI background check and my fingerprints, and then I could go back. And yeah, then I ended up teaching uh, English to elementary school kids. Fun. It was fun. It was That's fun. And fun. They, they pay for your apartment. So the electricity, everything. So they didn't pay a month. I got $2,000 a month, but that's all for me. And I didn't have any debt. I already paid my, my student loans a long time ago. Like I said, I don't like to spend money. So I had money saved. And um, yeah, and so I would just travel a lot during the holidays because they had a lot of holidays. So I just go to Bali or I'd go to Taiwan. Yeah, I go to Malaysia. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a cool time in my life. Sounds really cool. So yeah, how do fun. we how do we get to cleaning? <laughs> like we've gone so far. Right. I'm so curious as to how we what? Huh? Yeah. Can Tell you imagine? Me. So yeah, basically I when I came back, I came back extremely broke. Because uh, I spent all my money on traveling and I had this travel app idea that I thought was going to be like, whatever, it's going to make millions of dollars. It's going to be effortless. I'm just going to find somebody to develop it. And yeah, I spent money on a developer and he stole my money. And that was my experience. So then I didn't have any money to come back. So, but I, my brother was having his son uh, and he was like, I'd like for you to, you know, be a part of the um, baby shower and when he's here. And I'm like, Okay, you know, I had no agenda to come back to the United States. I didn't have anything here. So I come back. Um, and then my friend, I have a friend, he's like, Do you have a place to stay? I'm like, No, I slept on his sofa for like two months. I didn't know what to do with my life. Um, and so I went to Austin and I stayed at Airbnbs. Um, and there was one Airbnb that I thought was pretty smart. You know, the lady, it, you know, Austin is extremely packed. So everybody lives with each other. Not like in, in Houston where you can have your own apartment, but it was her house. She had four bedrooms and she would even rent her bedroom and go to stay at her boyfriend's house. But she was there at this time and each room had its own key and it looked like a little, little hotel. The bed was tucked in beautifully. There was a little TV. Uh, she had a piece of paper with the information, the Wi-Fi, the local grocery stores, the coffee shops. And I'm like, you know what? I wanted to continue to travel. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to come broke the next time I come back from traveling. I'm going to get a house and I'm going to put it on Airbnb so that I have a house to come back to when I come back from traveling. And I was like, but who's going to clean my house while I'm gone? And that's when I got the idea of doing Hostkeeper. I was like, well, I need somebody trusted to go and clean my place, but I don't have anybody trusted. So why don't I build and see how it goes? And literally I, I was in my, I finally, you know, cashed out my 401k, got an apartment, got um, a car and I was looking around and I'm like, what can I do with what I have right now? Cause I probably listened to some kind of podcast that said like, just look around. And so I was like, okay, what can I do? And I saw my broom. I was like, okay, I can clean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I never clean anybody's anything in my life other than my own place, but it's, it's a business where you don't, you don't need to know a skill. You just need to know it lives clean. You clean is clean, you know? 
So how did you uh, get your first customer? So I built, I, when I was in Korea, I had a lot of spare time and I listened to podcasts a lot. So you see Ooh. everybody listening, listen Ooh. to podcasts. Who did you listen to? Pat Flynn, smart passive income. Okay. And uh, he was teaching people about affiliate, um, affiliate, is it affiliate marketing? Yeah, yeah, sure. And so basically he was teaching people how to get number one on Google with your website, with a niche website. So it was called uh, niche site duel. So he would like challenge everybody to create their own website niche and see if they can get it number one on Google. So I would play around and do that. They have something called um, um, PC, PC bongs, which is like uh, internet cafes, but they were really, really nice. I mean, this is South Korea. They have big screens and the kids are playing video games there, but I'm building, trying to learn how to build a website. And it's very basic drag and drop type stuff. Sure, sure. And, um, and so uh, when I came back, I was like, okay, I know how to build a website. So let me drag and drop a website. And then what I did was I made a post on Craigslist and put, I put like a, a nice little, you know, spiel. And then I put my website at the bottom, which increased my SEO because Craigslist SEO is really good. And I got my first two customers in the same weekend. Nice. They, yeah. And I was like, they got me from Craigslist. One of them is still with me. Wow. He's, Tom is still with me. We just had uh, lunch like two months ago. He's and, and he's an entrepreneur. So he was helping me. Um, you know, he would be like, okay, well, you did this clean, but it'd be cool if you did this, or maybe if you folded the toilet paper or, you know, if you did it like a special touch and it, he was, he was a visionary himself. So he would always kind of like give me little advice. So it was awesome. So I kind of like stuck to him. Okay. So how was it, you know, Oh, make sure you leave all the doors open so that it feels welcoming. He knew all the little, cause he'd already been doing it for a while. And so I was cleaning for him and then little by little people find my website because I got number one on Google still there. If you Google Airbnb cleaning Houston, you know, I'll be number one. And so that's how I little by little started. And fast forward, we're doing like 800, 900 cleans this year, every month. Wow. Yeah. That is so fun. And I yeah. love, I love how, you know, because it's one of the questions that I really enjoy finding out from people is how do you let people know you are there? Right. right. From a cleaning company point of view, how do you, you know, like my wife, I tell a story all the time. We have a cleaner and every time she's here, my wife comes home from school. And my wife's on a mission. Right. Was she here today? And she's looking for evidence. <laughs> You know what I mean? So she's cool. like, oh, 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 no, she was here. I she did that. Okay. She, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. and I just, that's so top of mind to me because, you know, being in the cleaning industry, especially with COVID. Right. The, it's important to not, not just be doing a good job in cleaning areas. And what's really important for us now is to be known that we were here to be that's seen. That's right. So That's people right. want to know, they want that assurance, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So that there is, was some special care to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is the, do you have like a one thing that you do that everybody, you know, like your signature, this is how you know we were here kind of thing? Mm, you kind of know. <laughs> you can, I don't want to kind of know. I'm asking. I'm asking <laughs> if you're specific. We're, if you're intentional. We're not specific. We no. we're not specific. But um, when you go into the bathroom and you see the toilet paper folded, or sure. when you go into the bedroom and everything is nice and tucked in. I mean, some people don't like it tucked in, but for me, it's not made unless it's looks like a present. Yeah, you military know. corners. That's I mean, right. I can't believe you'd you'd be interested. I'm only kidding. <laughs> Growing up military, I can't believe you'd right. be interested in military corners. That's not oh true. yeah. My yeah, dad used to line us up and like oh dress by dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and inspect our room and tell us oh you missed right here. So yeah, that's so great. Yeah. And so then why did you decide to just stick with Airbnbs? It, what is, what's the ebb and flow? I mean, I guess it can be quite a lot because right, it's kind of like one of those things. Like if you clean my house, it's maybe once or twice a month, but if you're cleaning an Airbnb, it might be once or twice a week. Yeah. It might be five times a week. That's it could right. be, I mean, that's, yeah, that's right. It's true. Yeah, you know, I almost gave up on it too because maybe after two years, 
of doing the same thing. I was getting maybe 30 cleans a month. You know, it was good enough to pay my rent and, and maybe save up a little bit to go traveling and, you know, buy food, go out with friends. And I almost gave up and I met my, my husband and um, he loves Colorado. He actually came from Denver, Colorado. And then uh, he was working for Xfinity doing cable. And when we had the flood at, with Harvey, they sent these guys out because they were paying them more. And that's how I ended up meeting him. Wow. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, they were like, um, he's like, oh, I want to go back to Denver. And I'm like, uh, I don't like the cold, but it was a summer. And I was like, okay, let's try it out. So we go, we get an apartment, but lo and behold, the and plus I thought I was going to get more business in Denver because it is a more busy place when it comes to tourism. So you were keeping your business open. You were right. just, you were just expanding. Right. I was expanding with a little bit of no hope. Just thinking, ah, let's just keep it going. 30 cleans a month. I only need my two ladies and then that's it. Mm -hmm. So I get the end of that first week we were there. I get a call from a company. They don't exist anymore, but they were called Lyric. And they said, hey, we have 13 units. Um, do you think you'd be able to take care of them? And I'm like, yes. And, you know, they did like an interview thing with me and everything. How many people do you have on where were they? Were they in, back Houston. in Houston? Yeah, back yeah. in Houston. Yeah. They were back in Houston. And so literally only had two ladies with me and me. And but I told them, yeah, I have like 13 people and blah blah blah. <laughs> I just lied. Atta girl. Because, Atta girl. Because I knew I could do it no matter yeah. what. And so yeah. I, I get there and they had an emergency because the last cleaners did such a horrible job oh. and they gave me six units immediately. And then they're like, oh, they were going to try to use both of us. But the guy called at the end of the night. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to use you. The other ones are going to be out. And I'm like, okay, great. So we did such a great job. And by the end of the, that month, they gave us 20. And then they said the next month, they gave us another 20. So wow. I'm now I'm doing 40 in Houston in two months. And then I, I like. Plus the 30 like, you were doing before. The 30 right. a month. 30 a month you were doing. Okay. Yeah, so, now I have. So what is this place that you're cleaning for now that, that's Lyric? What did you say it was called, Lyrica? Lyric, um, actually, they did something called rental arbitrage is when you rent an apartment, but then you rent it out on Airbnb. So they they would rent the whole floor in an, in an apartment building where regular people lived. Oh, okay. And then they right. rent the whole thing out there. So it's still Airbnb. Okay, right. that's what I was trying right. to figure out. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Airbnb. They just um, kind of made it more corporate. Got it. Yeah. So, um, by the end of two months, I have, uh, 40 units and then they're like, Hey, I heard you're in Austin. I'm like, I'm not in Austin, but I can be in Austin. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I told him, give me one day to talk about it. And I talked to my husband about it because I had to keep going back and forth. I would set up a team and then go back to Colorado, set up a team. And I'm like, I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like, I know we're trying to like develop this relationship, but I talked to you about this before because I, you know, I was after getting a divorce before I'm like, I'm like focused on myself and on my business. And I didn't really want to date anyways. So I'm like, you know, I told you like my, my business is first. So I'm, 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 and he's like, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and help you. Cause he just saw that I was getting busy and I'm like, I didn't want him to work for me because I wanted to be a self-made woman. You know, I wanted to do everything by myself until I was like super rich. And then, you know, and then he could come in, but no, he literally, he does what he wants to do. So he quit and he helped me out a lot, actually helped me structure the business. Um, and yeah, then after once, once he helped me structure the business, I mean, I didn't even get the LLC yet, you know, he's like, you need to get an LLC. Blah, you did blah, all blah. this without an LLC? Yeah, I did yeah. two years without an LLC. Yeah, why not? Yeah, because I didn't think it was going to be anything. Yeah. But then I kept getting calls and getting calls. So I'm in Austin, I'm in Houston, and then they called me for Dallas. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit too much. I mean, I couldn't take it. It was just too much going on. I, I always regret it, though. But they, can you do Dallas? And so that's how it kind of goes on even now. Um, we're in Houston, Dallas, and, and Austin, and San Antonio. And I got we, we work with a company now in, uh, in Houston, and I met the manager. And he's like, man, you guys are A1. You guys are great. He's like, I'm going to tell everybody about you. His San Diego team called me. And like, hey, you know, can, they sent me an email. Can you help us out? And I'm like, they have 78 units. So it's just like. It's a busy, it's a busy place. 
it's a busy place to do Airbnbs. I'm telling you, we're doing, I mean, minimum 600 a month. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy over here. So we're trying to still grow and everything. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm soft opening in Atlanta. Wow. You're going yeah. to Atlanta. I, I'm, I can't stop. <laughs> wow. I can't stop. So Unstoppable. Yeah. I'm so impressed by your story. It's oh, so man. impressive. So Thank great. you. It was just a little idea. Just a little tiny idea that lived in my head. Yeah. You know what? It seems like this little idea that lives in your head has been going on for a long time. It seems like you're constantly just trying to figure out how to be independent, how to be yourself, right. how to, you know, you're trying to fit in, but you're like, I'm a right. square peg and that round hole isn't yep. working, you know? And right. And it seems like you've just listened to how you've kind of meandered around. I think, I think it's clear that you've just had this entrepreneurial, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. Not rely on anybody kind of. Yep spirit in the back of your being and it's just been taken over so impressive thank you good for you thank you it's just the beginning yeah no question yeah no still have question. a big headache every day <laughs> dealing with everything that has to do with this business yeah owning you know it, it owning a business is yeah especially cleaning any kind of cleaning business yeah it's a, it's a it's a challenge you know but i don't have to tell you you know the whole the whole um that eastern philosophy that both that yin and that yang there is no pleasure without that pain point and i don't know that right. it's make i don't know that i'm making it any better but <laughs> but <laughs> it's true like, but it's true i mean you can't yep. you can't have good days if you didn't have something to measure them against and so absolutely even though we struggle even though it is difficult yes. it yes. is you know what it it's it's hard to be an employee yeah it's I think that's the worst. Anything. It's it's oh. hard not to own anything. Right. It's hard not to be in control. I mean, it, right. it's hard. It's hard to own. It's hard to be in control. It's hard to be the boss, right. but it's just as equally hard to not be the boss. Right. So. Right. Absolutely. Because I, I try to, I'm trying to structure it, this business so that everybody's their own boss. You know, I'm my own boss. I want everybody to be their own boss from the cleaners you know, okay, you have your assignment, but you know, it's flexible. You go in when you go in and, and the same thing with managers. And I'm just now interviewing people to be managers. Um, wow. cause I used to go drive and hire people and mm -hmm. I'm like, this is not scalable if I want to be That's everywhere. Right. Right. So, um, I'm just now learning that. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I do interviews, when I tell them, you know, you're basically your own entrepreneur, you're running your own little business in the city. And they're like, it's almost like you're not going to tell me what to do all the time. People are uncomfortable with that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm well, like, I think this is the greatest opportunity. I know. I know. I, they're, they're so funny. You know, there are people you meet and you're like, all right, so you don't have to check in anymore. Just go get your work done. And they're like, right. yeah, it's about time. And then right. there's others like, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, I need to call. I, I need to make sure I'm doing it right. I need, you know, and so there's. We're all different. We're all different. <laughs> We're all God's children. That's right. We're all God's children. That's right. I'm, so but I'm trying fun. to find the God's children who are uh, independent workers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if I, if I had an Airbnb and I'm, or I'm thinking about opening an Airbnb, I wonder are you a good resource? Like, Hey, like, Hey, I'm thinking about yeah. opening an Airbnb. Could we give you a call and say, Absolutely. Hey, we're Absolutely. thinking about it. Could you give us a, I remember when I worked in radio, I remember the sales director would spend half her day just explaining to people what it meant to take a radio ad out. And I always wow. thought what a weird thing, but she's like, right. nobody knows. Nobody knows what it's like to, how, how do you produce it and whether they're going to read it or if we're going to read it, are they going to perform it? Or we, you know, what does it cost to have upper level talent do it as opposed to lower level talent do it? And right. what time is it going to air? And is it going to be a 30 second or a 45 second or a 60 second? And where's it going to go? Like all of these things you wouldn't think of. Yes. And she, and she knew all of it. And, and, and at the end of the day, all she was trying to do is get you to say yes. Like all she was trying to do is sell you an ad, but there's an education piece that most people. Absolutely. Just didn't I just so wrote I, that down. I didn't, 
Because, you know, I'm, I'm in it and I don't think that people need to. But sometimes people do call and say, hey, I'm about to start an Airbnb. What should I do? And it's true. A lot of people don't know what, especially on the, the cleaning is probably half the battle. You know, it's not just getting guests into it. It's the cleaners who have to make it ready and make it ready on time. Make it, you know, feel welcoming. Um, yeah. it's, it's a business. So a lot of people ask and. Even sometimes I'll get clients and they just start an Airbnb and they have no idea what we need. And so I'm just like, ah, do you have this? Do you do, do, you do this? Do you do this? And they're like, oh, yeah, thanks for all that. And it's like, for me, nothing, you know. But I think cleaners, Airbnb cleaners need to set up, you know, their hosts for success, too, so that they are successful at what they need to do. A million percent. Imagine, imagine a world not very far in the future where when people research how to start an Airbnb, you come up. Yeah. I mean, and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and what you're coming up is these are, you know, Mila's five tips to opening an Airbnb or these are the right. 10 things you don't want to mistake. And, and what are you talking about? You're talking about cleaning. You're talking about opening doors. You're talking about right. creating a welcome environment, right? right? You're talking about all the things that we do, but you're talking to people who are interested in starting their own. And so then it becomes oh. a no brainer. Absolutely. They hire I'm you. I'm getting there. To, uh, I'm getting there. Actually, I've built some courses to teach people how to start an Airbnb cleaning company. Cause it is not easy. And there is a lot of things that you had to, I had to learn, you know, all along mm -hmm. the way. And yeah, it's, it would be, it could be part of it. And mm -hmm. I used to even do, you know, co-hosting, which is like kind of managing somebody else's Airbnb. I know the whole thing, sure. you know? Yeah. I probably sure. should at least have a blog or something. You look great on video. Oh, well, thank you. I think, I think you talk really well. You've Thank got a you. fabulous microphone now. See what we've I done know. for you. We've forced it? you to purchase a fabulous <laughs> microphone. I did for just yeah. for this podcast. That's right. You sound great. Uh, we we're gonna start you a YouTube channel. That's what we need to do. That's oh my you gosh! Do. You know how, you don't know how long I've been battling that I need to start a YouTube channel no, and well, convincing it. myself how I don't need to do a YouTube channel. Stop it! Just do it. <laughs> I think I need. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Like, nah, this is boring. But you know, it's 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 not boring to me, and I apparently it's not boring to other people. I have a podcast that interviews cleaning business people. <laughs> it's kind of true, it, but right, that's and, interesting and, too. It, it, let me tell you, it's popular. All right, I, a oh, lot yeah, of people are interested in what you have to say and what other cleaning business owners have to say and what other cleaning business. What what man? I I interview a lot of managers. Yeah, because it's interesting because we yes, have a lot to tell you. We have a lot to teach. We have a lot to say. We have a lot to give. So we are cleaning all business givers. people. Cleaning business people are, I think they're the most interesting entrepreneurs I've ever met. Yeah. Super yeah. interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. I go on Clubhouse. I talk on Clubhouse sometimes and meet other, you know, See, Clubhouse cleaners. Clubhouse is good too. Clubhouse yeah. is good too. Yeah. You know, well, Clubhouse, you know, I could just be on my sofa with, you know, no makeup, sure. no hair. And just... uh -huh. <laughs> but I, I should do YouTube. But, um, you know, we're just some interesting. And when like we went to, to that. I, I want to invite you to consider that we change that language. Okay. I'm going to. Oh, not I should. Not I should. <laughs> not someday. Listen, when I commit, I commit. So that's why I'm afraid to say it because if I say it, then it's it. And look, I'm on, I'm on live and everything. Okay. Everybody's going to hear me. Well, I would invite you to consider uh, expanding a little bit more of your reach and your magic into the into this into this Airbnb space because I see that you have an awful lot more that you can give to the community, and the more you give. The, it's only going to come back to you in truckloads. You won't be it's able to true. build a big enough driveway and park a lot to park all the truckloads full of stuff. People are wanting to give back to you. If you just open your heart, give more about all your understanding and all the things that you know about this industry, I think you'd be a real big help. You're amazing, Ralph. Well, you know, <laughs> nice of you to say. <laughs> you're amazing because if it's coming out of your mouth, it has to be true, you know? So it's something I definitely now need to pay attention to if you're going to 
take the time to say that to me. I think that's extremely special because you don't you don't have to say that. And, you know, you don't have to butter me up. <laughs> but you know, I have nothing to butter you up for. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you up for. I, uh, you know, when people have an idea, you know, sometimes you need to pay attention to because they see something in you that you don't see in yourself, and sometimes mm. you just need to trust it. So I'm definitely gonna marinate on that, and right. hopefully not too long. And I'm, oh, I, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it at, at least. You know, put it out there. And if it's not successful, whatever. At least I did it, right? That's that's right. And and careful how you base success. Right. Successful could just be the act of you doing it. Right. Right? I mean, that's... Yep. That's it, so... That's awesome. Yeah. You just inspired me today. Good. You inspired me today. <laughs> I absolutely you. love your business. I love your whole story and how you got here and Thank i'm you. telling you my wife and i are going to track you and your husband down yes and, uh, please nag please you for coffee when we're in houston next month so and i and i think i know where you're going to run and there's a really good place near there i love excellent. it. it's like a hole in the wall but it's fantastic excellent and i excellent. love their coffee it's like uh, a cinnamon type coffee i don't know if you like cinnamon i do like cinnamon coffee I like it's a, a mexican uh type coffee it's the the best i think the best coffee in in that I've ever tasted. So we got to go there. Everything about this. That's it for us. Thank you so much for being on. Is there, is there a way for people to reach you? Like what is the website? Oh, the website what is, the is email. What is the phone oh, number? Give me yeah. something. I wish I could type it in there, but we can type it. I can oh. type it in. Tell me what it is. Okay. Type it in. Let's do it. I'm going to type it in for you. <laughs> I'm type it in here. Go ahead. So the website is hostkeeper.com. H O S T H O S T K K E. Y K E Y P E R -E -R That's right. Dot com. Dot com. And there you go. So Instagram. Instagram. I am Mila the Hostkeeper on Instagram. The with right, so T H E E. It's at Mila. Yes. The T H E E. The housekeeper. No. Hostkeeper. Host. Yes. Yeah, because you're you're Ralph, I'm the, the housekeeper. housekeeper. That's right. I'm the housekeeper. The housekeeper, <laughs> and that is that just on Instagram? Um, or is that Twitter? Is that is that? Where uh, yeah, on host? Twitter, I'm Mila, the housekeeper. Um, actually, housekeeper wouldn't fit, so I'm Mila the heifer. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mila the boss in Spanish, so I like I'm Mila that. the heifer. Yes, I, like I mean, because you know, my 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 crew, they always call me Hefa, Hefa, and I love Hefa. it. It makes you feel yeah. like a big boss, you know, like I like it, I some like kind it. of cartel boss. So I'm like Mila the Hefa on uh in t Twitter because Hostkeeper was too long. Got it. And uh, Got I'm it. on LinkedIn uh, with uh, Mila Arzu, my maiden name, um, which is now my middle name, Mila Arzu Bahamalski. Is there, but you can. Is there an email address? Yes. You can email at Mila the Hostkeeper at gmail.com. It's long, but it's memorable. Mila at the Hostkeeper. Mila the Hostkeeper. T H E E. Don't forget the extra E. Oh, yeah. My goodness. I didn't put the extra E. <laughs> like biblical times. <laughs> Mila at the Hostkeeper at Gmail? No, Mila the Hostkeeper at Gmail. Mila the Hostkeeper at Gmail. Uh, I was yeah. right. At Gmail. Yeah, you e you've emailed me there. At gmail.com for .com. all air B and B cleaning Anything. needs. Yes. That's right. I know it all. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Mila, don't go anywhere. Everyone else, I will see you all at another time. Mila Thanks, everybody.